Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman Podcast. This is your host, Sabria Mills, and we are approaching a very interesting episode with an amazing guest that we have here on the line. This, the title of today's episode is The Truth About Plural Marriages. So it's going to be quite interesting. Um, I would like to introduce our guest here today. Um, It's a sister. I could only personalize this introduction because the sister is personal to me. Um, I met the sister quite a few years ago. Um, and I met her when I met her, I was kind of like sitting at her feet. She was teaching a lesson and I, and I kind of mean that in a, not in a literal term, but, um, she, she was teaching a lesson. It was during Ramadan. And I just remember mashallah was so impactful to me during that time. It was something that really helped me align, um, myself with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remind me of the direction I'm supposed to be going as a Muslim woman. Um, so that was really my introduction, even though I know she was in a community, but that was my personal introduction to the sister. Um, and then afterwards, you know, mashallah, the sister, she is, um, and she's going to more adequately define herself, but she's like, a po- she's a poet. Um, she is an advocate. She's a sign language interpreter. She, me and her work together with our nonprofit organization, MACE. I can go on for a long time. Um, she's a passionate parent of an amazing young boy with Down syndrome. So she's an advocate for that. Um, she does a lot of things. She's a motivational speaker. She just does a lot of things that's super dope in the community. Um, and we're just super humbled to have her here on the show to talk about such an intimate topic. Um, welcome to the show, Zahra Abdullah. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sabria, goodness. <laughs> I had to personalize that one because it, it, you know, I was like, man, mashallah, so much. But Zahra, please, you know, just for the listeners, please adequately introduce yourself. Well, alhamdulillah, let me first say that, you know, I just feel so grateful, you know, for the kind words, you know, alhamdulillah, we can only ask for somebody to want to be able to speak, you know, such words about us, you know, about what they think of our character or, you know, everything. So I just thought that that was just wonderful. And I appreciate you, sister, equally. Alhamdulillah. Thank you. Alhamdulillah. Uh, Yes, my name is Zahra Abdullah. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was born and raised a dope Muslim woman. Right. (laughs) By Allah's permission. Uh, And like you said, sister, I I wear many hats. I am a wife. I am a mother. By profession, I'm a sign language interpreter. Mm. I was a teacher. And I am an artist of Nasheed songs and... Currently, I'm focused on being an author, just honing in on one of my other talents. Mm. Yes. Um, Zahra Abdullah is a new last name for me. Um, For 17 years, I was actually Zahra Smith. Right. (laughs) I remember that. I was trying to Google you. I was like, wait a minute, which one do I put in the Google? But go ahead. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Yes. And, and in that 17 years, you know, of course, the focus of this, of this topic was just perfect for me because throughout that 17 years, I have experienced and practiced plural marriage, I think roughly four or five times. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, well, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but, inshallah, thank you for introducing yourself. Um, before we get into this topic that is just really like polarizing, I wanted to just take a moment 
to pick your brain a little bit. I wanted to get your feedback on this concept that we ask everybody that comes on the show. What do you think makes a Muslim woman dope? Oh, I'm doing mm-hmm. uh, What I think makes the Muslim woman dope is her bravery and her mm-hmm. courage to be able to practice this way of life openly and wholeheartedly to the fullest, you know, without really having any regard for anyone other than what Allah thinks, you know, in this day and age, you know, we're ridiculed. Sometimes we're persecuted for our hijab, the way we dress, you know, Islam starts off as something strange and will end strange. So, you know, we look as such. So, you know, sometimes you'll experience seeing Muslim women go outside of their hijab because they want to please other than or because they are afraid to be seen as who we're supposed to be instead of recognizing that this is a badge of honor. So Muslim woman that's dope to me, like I said, she shows her bravery and her courage wholeheartedly to be able to practice this way of life. Yeah. Yeah. That bravery piece is powerful, sis. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. That is what a big part of what makes us dope. So thank you so much for sharing some insight. Um, I love to hear different people's perspective of that definition. Um, so first let's, let's just back it up. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, you mentioned, you know, you were in the marriage, you said 17 years? Roughly. Okay. 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 So, um, first of all, I think it's important because you were the one actually that kind of introduced me to this term of plural marriage, right? I probably wouldn't have called it that. Can you adequately define that term so that we're all on the same page? Yes. So plural marriage, and and, and, and it might even be better. It just depends because you have polygamy yes. and you have polygyny. Right. And a lot of times you'll hear people reference a man having more than one wife being polygamy, but it's really polygyny. Okay. Believe it or not, women who have more than one husband in some cultures that takes place, very few, but that is referred to polygamy. The relationship that involves men, women, just a bunch together is polyandry. But for the man to have more than one wife, it's polygyny. Mm-hmm. And so plural marriage, you can't, it's hard to really just define plural marriage as being a man with two wives because you have um, other unions that consider themselves plural marriage as well. And I have seen some outside of Islam that um, don't consist of a man and two women. I've seen some outside of Islam that consist of two women or three women, I'm sorry, three women, and they call that plural marriage as well. Yes, they've called that plural marriage as well. So you know, inside of Islam, we can still say plural marriage because it's still more than one. It's more than right. two. It's still more than two, you know? So yes. Right. Right. Okay. Marriage that consists of more than two people. Okay. Okay. So I was, cause I was thinking, is that what it, is that the definition if there are, okay, more than one person in the marriage, but then, you know, it's kind of repetitive. Like we talked about, cause you said you were in at least four or five times. Okay. So, so I, I didn't know. I see where you are. I see where you are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Alhamdulillah. Absolutely. I have to agree with you that being in polygyny mm-hmm. more than once means, yes, I've been in plural marriages. I've been in plural polygyny. I have to mm-hmm. do so yes, I see your direction. I would say yes to that as well. I've been okay. in one polygynous marriage. Okay. 
Okay. I appreciate that definition because that definitely clarifies it. And I think it'll clarify it for the listeners as well. Um, So let's talk a little bit about the history Um, because I know you're, you know, this is your intimate life, this is your personal life, but I'm just really curious to understand it. Um, First of all, just the idea of polygyny, um, that coming up, was that just something that was early discussed, kind of an open conversation from the beginning? Um, Can you just kind of backtrack to when that came about in your relationship? Okay, sure. I will actually, I'm actually going to include a little bit more, just a little bit. I'm just going to back up a little bit as far as in time, um, being raised in the African-American Muslim community. We didn't know anything about polygyny Mm -hmm. in the late seventies. You know, I think maybe in the late eighties, I had heard that my um, childhood principal had more than one wife. But we never knew anything about it at that time. Okay. And, um, and then found out that because of that, the wife that we knew at the Muslim school ended up leaving Islam behind that. So mm-hmm. I think that was my first actual introduction to what polygyny was, you know. Um, so, and like I said, it, it just wasn't something that was really practiced in the African-American Muslim community. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, uh, as time goes on in life, of course, you grow, you learn more, you know, things of that nature. Of course, and when, once you become a woman that has read your Holy Quran, then that's when you really get your full introduction of, of the of, um, the permissiveness of polygyny. OK, um, now moving forward into the relationship, I actually married into polygyny the first time I experienced it. I came in as the second wife. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. I came in as a second wife and, and came in with a lot of naivety because you come into this marriage and your mindset is to automatically think that you're supposed to be best friends with the first wife. Mm-hmm. You know, you come in like I'm going to be her best friend because you want to, you, you know, for me, let me speak for myself. You know, I wanted to make sure the sister you know, didn't feel like I was coming to take her man. You know, I'm not coming to cause any dissension in her home. I'm really coming in to really be the sister wife. Okay. And this is only because, you know, after some dealings here and there and speaking with the brother uh, and the brother approaching me and um, me speaking to my Wali about the brother and asking questions about the brother in the community and seeing that there was just a strong connection Uh, to this brother. And I couldn't, um, you know, it was like, I I was seeing the brother every day. We both had one daughter and both our daughters were in kindergarten together and they were playmates. So daily I would see this brother. So as he began to approach me more and more, and then I really wanted to find out, well, you know, what does your wife think about you approaching me? You know, I want to talk to your wife, you Mm. know, I want to sit down with her by myself and then we can go from there. Okay. And that's what happened. You know, after I had to sit down with her, maybe twice me and her sat down by herself for a couple hours. And after that was when I decided to accept it, accept the intention. Mm. And why was that so important to you um, to sit down with the wife and make sure she was cool? I know it's the right thing to do, but I need to ask. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, some, well, yeah. Some sisters wouldn't think that's the right thing to do. Right. You know, to each his own. But, you know, I really felt like, it was such a serious, it's, it was such a very serious situation, you know, um, and also sensitive. Uh, I, I definitely want to feel good about marrying someone 
And I can't feel good about marrying someone if there's another person that's in the marriage that doesn't feel good. Right. I wanted to make her solidified uh, a beginning relationship with her, a first impression with her so that hopefully she wouldn't feel any type of threat. You know, because if there's going to be because I'm I'm coming in in the, in the name of peace and inshallah, you know, you're going to reciprocate that. But that's the first impression that I wanted to give the sister. That's the doorway I wanted to open for her before I could proceed in anything else. OK, mashallah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, OK, so we came in a second at this as a second wife. There it seemed to be something that was accepted by all. Um, when did was there an additional individual that came in or when did it begin to shift far as like it becoming a little bit more plural <laughs> in your relationship? Um, well, they were married for about seven years, alhamdulillah, and then their marriage ended. Okay. And once their marriage ended, I think he and I were just the two of us for about five years, maybe. Um, and within that time frame, the topic of course was discussed, you know, it, it was discussed. I knew that I had a polygynous husband. So yeah, I knew that I had a polygynous husband. I don't think I knew um, to the extent at that time, how much polygyny was a, a focal point for him. Okay. Right, you know? So the topic was always discussed from time to time. Um, and so as time goes on, yeah. So, so of, of course, eventually it happened again. It did happen again. I'm trying to think with who I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, you, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was the next person was? Oh my goodness. But five years is a long time, huh? To be, you know, I mean, that's, that was, how was that, how was that time frame that, that five years where, five you know, five, yeah, five years was a long time. Um, and, and part of that time was also because he was incarcerated. Mm. Mm-hmm. And even, that, even during that incarceration in that, even during that, some of that time of incarceration, we did discuss it. Um, at that time, I just had a fo- my mind was just focused on, well, I don't want to discuss this anymore till you've come home and you've solidified some things in our home again before we decide to do that again, because you've been gone, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and he was in agreement with that, you know, but it was it's just like I said, just making sure that there are no surprises for me later. So we've always had an open discussion. Okay. Um, I've never felt like polygyny was not anything that I could do. Okay. I never felt like I could never do polygyny. Um, my my only concern was always who am I going to be in polygyny with? That mm-hmm. was always my concern, you know. Mm-hmm. I know how to act, so that was always my biggest concern. So you know, eventually another sister did come into the fold. So I'll just stop in case you want to ask something else, or you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I well, I want to know were you a part of that process? I understand that there was a lot of conversations, but were you a part of the process of choosing the next sister? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, I have to be honest and say that sometimes along the way, when the sister, you know, you get into a comfort zone with your husband. So mm-hmm. whenever the mention, whenever the conversation comes up again, for some, for sometimes, you know, I remember the feeling of the butterflies, you know, the, the onset of anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. because there is that question mark, you know, the wonder of who is this? 
Who is she? You know, what's going to happen when she comes in? You know, um, so, you, you know, you know, you feel that you, you do feel a sense of, of uh, you feel threatened to some degree. Mm-hmm. There may not even yeah. know who she, there may not even be an existing woman yet, but the threat is there. Right. right? So I think that sometimes any woman, it just depends, you know, there, there is the ability for sabotage, mm. there is the ability for submission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that for me, my mindset went to more of being in control. Mm-hmm. If I could help pick who she's going to be, I have a sense of control. You know, if I help pick her, then that means I'm not going to pick someone who's going to come in with problems. I'm not going to pick someone coming in causing drama. I'm not going to pick someone coming in causing fitness, you know, and that's really a naive thought process, but you, you learn that later with experience. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So, so, okay. So that, that happens that you're a part of the process. Of course, you know, we consider all the feelings that go along with polygyny. Um, now, do you remember it being pretty peaceful though overall initially? Um, I would have to say that unfortunately, sometimes you have brothers who allow their nafs, mm. their lower desires to take over sometimes. And they may do things too spontaneously. Mm-hmm. Thinking about the long-term goal, you know, in certain situations. So sometimes when that happens, you know, and you may, you, you first you pull yourself back and say, you're going to really try to put your trust in this man. But before you can do that, I learned I had to put my trust in a law first. So see, right. you your trust in this man, he's just that. So he's going to continue to make certain mistakes. You know, and Shaitan is not going to always want to allow him to do anything that's correct. So when you are able to recognize this, then I would think that as a woman like I did, I'm going to get involved a little bit more, try to navigate what's happening a little bit more, you know, and try to get involved. And I found that you can have multiple conversations with multiple sisters at multiple times, they're all going to start off for the most part, in my opinion, with the same vibe. Peace, okay. love, sis. Peace, love. Yeah. You know, peace, love. I want to be your sister. Peace, love. You know. Right. And then once once those feelings get involved, sometimes you see a sister, she takes off, you know, she has a whole new face. Mm-hmm. A whole new face, you know. And so that's why I go back to saying it's important along the way to put your focus on your trust in Allah. Right. Right. Because when we when we leave ourselves to our, our, our own selves, that's when it doesn't work. Mm, 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 mm. So I just want to under I guess what I want to understand, and then I know we're navigating through the story, we're going to come back around to it. But speaking just in the aspect of polygyny, what do you think? first and foremost, are some of the positives that you got out of it? Oh, alhamdulillah. One positive for sure that I love to uh, continuously still thank Allah for, um, Mm -hmm. it it really does help you to focus on making sure you're not falling into shirk. Mm. And for those who don't know, shirk means joining partners with Allah, joining partners with God. And sometimes the woman you know, she loves her. She begins to love her husband so passionately 
you know, especially if there's years involved, you know, she loves her husband so passionately. It's, you can almost, in my opinion, fall into borderline worship. And what I mean by that is that, you know, you're so involved with what he's doing with another woman, or you're so focused on making sure he can't do something with another woman, whether you're controlling it, you're fighting and you, you know, you're just all over the place with it. It's just, it's almost borderline. You just worshiping this man. Mm. So I appreciate that Allah helped me to use polygyny to uh, pull my love back so passionately and let it become more of a moderate love. Okay. Yeah. I'm really grateful to Allah for that because it allows you to see you can survive. You guess what? You're not dead because he's over there with another sister. You know, you have your Lord. And I know, I know, you know, people sometimes may say that to a sister that's going through something, but she still has to go through her own journey. And at the end of the day, she will see the same outcome. The more you turn to Allah in the situation, the better it becomes. Right. Right. Absolutely. And what were, I guess, some of the challenges or, I mean, I know you mentioned quite a bit, but what, what, what really stuck out to you or something that you could maybe, if you were given advice, what would be one of the things that you would advise people about? As far as the challenges or? Yeah. Just far as being challenged, the challenges of navigating polygyny. Someone wanted, if a sister was going to enter into it and wanted some advice of maybe some of the pitfalls, the things to avoid, what would you tell them? Well, I would tell them now, um, inshallah, just know that you don't have to um, have a relationship with the other wife. Mm. You don't have to come in the door trying to be best friends. You don't have to try to build this wonderful relationship if that's what you want, maybe towards the end game or along the way, alhamdulillah, that's great, you know, but I suggest a very slow buildup. You know, if the sister is a Muslim, you owe each other the salams if you have to cross each other's paths. Outside of that, I don't believe that it's really good right away to just jump into we're best friends or we're going to try to be best friends. I want her over my house two or three times a week. I'm going over hers because nothing good is going to come from that especially when it's a new polygynous marriage because the new sister is um, growing in her new feelings for your current husband. So the man who grows in her new feelings and you're on the fence about your current feelings because you love your husband, but you're also feeling some kind of way now because he's loving somebody else or starting to. So, you know, you and that sister's emotions are bound to come to a clash at some point. Because that, that, that jealousy eventually is going to come in. And right now there's no real balance between you and her because she doesn't even know him. She doesn't even know you, you know, so you have to allow time to pass, you know, get a good routine going. You know, their marriage may not even work. And you've put so much time into trying to develop a relationship with her and she may not even have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So I just suggest don't try to force a sisterhood. I prefer just the solitude, you know, keep to yourself. Your husband has a wife, alhamdulillah. You don't need to know anything going on with her because the shaitan will find any means to play on that and destroy that. He wants to destroy marriage already. So he's going to love to try and destroy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, you know, you know, what's interesting, Zahra is, um, you know, in this, 
and I'm speaking a little futuristic for for our moment for the sake of our least uh, listeners. But when you know when this podcast release releases, it's going to release like kind of with a series. It's going to have some other ones in front of it and behind it. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the conversations is um, there's a conversation that's titled "Is Monogamy a Dirty Word?" Um, <laughs> so we're talking about a sister that actually you know wrote a book about kind of avoiding polygyny. And then we're talking to a sister that is, you know, a coach of co-wives. And so then we have you on the Astro floor. So it's going to be really interesting dialogue. And so I wanted to get your opinion about two things. Okay. Um, The first question is, is the issue that the sister had um, that is, is monogamy a dirty word is the way sometimes are the brothers, like you said, looking at they're enough, not all of them, but some mm-hmm. navigate this. It crosses the cusp of some may believe adultery, you know, because there may be some things that are going on that shouldn't be mm-hmm. um, prior to a marriage that leaves a bad taste in the mouth. And she was very specific in saying, feeling like it happens a lot in the African-American Muslim community. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to get your insight first on that piece. Is is that, do you believe that's one of the reasons why a lot of women are pretty aversive to the topic of polygyny? Because maybe the way the brothers handle it <laughs> or navigate it? Well, I can't speak, of course, on all women, women in their right. lives. I think that the introduction of polygyny especially for sisters who, you know, may, may, you know, maybe their first time, I do Mm -hmm. the way the brother starts off does set the foundation for how it ends or how it, you know, how it proceeds. And if you are um, doing things outside the guidelines of Islam, you know, you know, trying to say, Oh yeah, I want to marry this sister. Right. Mm-hmm. How can you think mm-hmm. your current wife is going to feel comfortable ever wanting to welcome this sister when it's like, oh, you've been talking to my husband for a month in private? You know, the respect fact, there's no respect factor there. You know, the, the new sister hasn't shown that she has um, established a respect factor that could be the mindset of the current wife. You have other sisters coming in who take the stance of I don't have to have a conversation with her. Uh, there's nothing in Islam that legislates I must talk to the sister. So some take that position as well. You know, I think us from the African-American community, we just go to the mindset of of that whole sister code, that whole women code, you know. Um, so that legally uh, or Islamically is okay, but it's if they're still doing it outside the proper guidelines, speaking alone, Moving alone, FaceTiming, because of course we know Shaytan is all up in that. You know? Right. So I do definitely think that if the brother starts off that way, he has already set the foundation for it to end poorly. Mm. Yes, in my experience, yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then on the other side, I know you spoke of the aspect of, you know, you can have two different lives, you know, you don't have to necessarily be besties. Um, and then on the other side, it was, you know, kind of a perspective of which is okay. I mean, I think whatever way women decide to navigate is completely up to them, but just the aspect of trying to cultivate a, a big family, you know, where everybody's kind of joined in helping with the kids and maybe, you know, everybody lives together, you know, you know, this kind of concept of that. Did, did you ever, um, experience polygyny in that way where everybody was a big happy family and we're all friends and we're all hanging out and helping each other with each other's kids and did that work for you 
Alhamdulillah, I did at one point in time. Now, mind you, the the my ex husband, and of course, I'm gonna be very cautious about what I say of him. We share three beautiful children together. Alhamdulillah, we co-parent very well. <laughs> um, but I will say that um, out of our polygynous marriages, the longest that he ever was uh, able to sustain two wives was a year and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say there was one sister who I did sometimes really enjoy her company. And so much so there were times where we even dressed alike mm-hmm. as far as colors. Like if we knew we were going to go the same place, you know, we would, we would wear the same colors, you know, and she, she claimed to be a polygynous sister. She claimed that she preferred polygyny, alhamdulillah. So that made it a little easier for me, I thought. Um, but there were times, yes, where, um, I would allow her to have a little time with my children if they were with him, you know, things of that nature. There were times where we did family gatherings we would get together, we would play spades. It might be, you know, me and her against him and my bonus son, or, you know, we, we, we would try to do things like that. You know, we would try to, we've done a couple, couple ids, id prayers together, you know? Okay. Yeah. So alhamdulillah, it, it was very doable for me. Um, but at the same time, you have to have the right people. Right. Right. That's it. You have to have the right people because with the right intentions, if people don't have the right intentions, it's not going to work because really what's your real intention? And in the end, it all comes out, you know, it, it all comes out in the end with the real intention is. So if you don't have people with the right intentions then they have the wrong intentions. Mm. Mm. Okay. So that's a big point. That's definitely a big point on that. Okay. So thank you for shining some light and perspective on that. Um, So, okay. So you navigated, you mentioned four or five different, you were this kind of the solid wife throughout all these years, but there was a sort of, um, you know, I don't want to say rotation because that doesn't sound good, but there was a few other spouses that kind of came into the picture during that time. What made you, well, at what point did you decide, Hey, this is enough. I'm, I'm done. Um, like what, what was that point? Can you talk me through that? Okay, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my, my breaking point for me, unfortunately was when I really saw the change in the character of my then spouse. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is I just saw a decline in his strength in certain areas, you know, and like Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I want to be very cautious in how I, you know, I understand, um, you know, um, I'll, I'll have to say that. Okay. Let's say this. When you've had a person who's been in your life for over a decade, and mm-hmm. you know this person and you, you know, you know, you trust this person. Um, and then a new person comes into your life and anything that the new person says um, about the person you've known over a decade, you just roll with what that new person says. And you forget that the person you've known for almost, you know, 20 years, you forget, oh, no, that person wouldn't act like that. Oh, no, I know this person's character through and through. Oh, no, you know. So you can't, So when, when sometimes um, the new person, unfortunately, can sway the mindset of the spouse or poison the mind of the spouse against his first wife. 
Mm. And unfortunately, you know, in some situations, I believe that 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 is what happened. And I just kind of felt like, you know, it was it was really it was really a disappointment. That's the best word that I can use. It was truly a disappointment to um, watch the character of one person be very un-Islamic and then watch the head of the household make excuses for it repeatedly mm-hmm. in the name of polygyny or in the name of if this doesn't work, I have to do it all over again. You know, those are reasons why you you, you try to um, fortify a polygynous marriage, because if this doesn't work, I'll have to start all over again, you know. Um, so my breaking point, like I said, was when I, I just felt like if you just, you know, if you don't stand for anything, you know, you, if you don't, you know, you'll fall. What, what does this say? What do they say? If you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for. Yeah. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that is what I saw. And I felt like, OK, I'll, I'm going to at this point take my exit papers. You know, and so um, that was my breaking point for me when I saw that the person was no longer able to control behavior, um, let alone his own behavior in certain aspects. Because, see, the shaitan is vicious. If he can't make the wives act up, sometimes he will utilize the husband and the husband becomes the enemy. Mm-hmm. And it's very sad to see. You know, it's very sad to see that take place, especially when you've known somebody almost 20 years and almost really, you know, and shared your most intimate life with someone for so long. You know, mm-hmm. I will say the beautiful thing on the on the on the end of that is when the person um, recognizes that later and, and is very sorry for it, you know, continuously sorrowful for it, almost to the point that, you know. Breakdown, you know, sometimes they're just so sorry, you know, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. But mashallah, no, that's that's a beautiful thing. Right. You know, yeah. we all get caught up, but if we can recognize it. Right. SubhanAllah. Yeah. I really I really appreciate your honesty about it, man. It's so important because I think we're never going to be able to truly understand unless there's honesty around it. So you, I just want to, you know, preface it, you decided yourself you were going to leave the marriage or, or ask for a divorce or whatever that case, right? Oh, I did. And I did ask for it. And um, the brother was in a state of shock. Mm. And he fought me on it for a couple months. Excuse me. He fought me for a couple months about it, and uh, when I started saying things like, "Well, I'm gonna have to go to an imam," right? I went ahead and agreed to, um, you know, let me have my debt and or grant my kula, you know. And he still just did not believe that it would, you know, really come to an end. And I mean, he brought me a brand new car to stay. He, you know, I mean, just came with so many, so many wonderful gifts. And I, alhamdulillah, I'm so proud of myself because I turned them all down. <laughs> Right. And mind you, the other sister had already mm-hmm. been divorced probably close to a year by this time. She had already been nine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now you have someone that's trying to be the best husband again to you for six or seven months while you're trying to get back into the mindset of monogamy again and also process all that you just went through. And now you want to be my best husband again? You know, so I didn't even, I was, I was back in monogamy when I sought my divorce. Oh. Yeah. I was back in monogamy because I just, you know, the respect factor was lost in my opinion. And I, I just didn't want to go through the thought of repair. I didn't want to repair. 
Mm. Yeah, I don't want to repair. And I'm only asking this because I think it's important. Um, you know, when women, we think about, you know, when we are at our breaking points and we've just had enough, um, but there are children involved. So you had, you had children with them and you even had a young baby at this time, right? Absolutely. I know that's, that's what, that's why a lot of people, he had so many people in the community calling me to stop me, stop me from making my decision. Um, and they, they were using that, you know, um, as an example, you know, you're, you know, tearing family apart, it's a whole family and all this. And I understood all that. I heard all of that, but I just believe that your children are going to be happy if they see their parents happy. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit in a relationship anymore where, you know, I'm just not feeling um, like I can grow at this point spiritually, mm-hmm. you know, so I knew that my children would be fine. You know, when I, and, and after he agreed to allow me to dissolve my marriage, the first thing he said was, well, can the children still stay with me? Mm-hmm. You know, which was beautiful. And I said, absolutely, because we're not going to just uproot them out of the home so quickly, you know, the comfortable home that they know, you know, so Mm-hmm. Right through that. And I knew that that was also going to still give him a sense of comfort. You're about to lose your best friend, you know, your best mate of your life. And so at least if you mm-hmm. still have your children at home, you can have some type of comfort in that still, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And I, you know, and that's actually a, a mashallah, just on, on, you know, on his account, that's a beautiful quality. I mean, a lot of brothers will roll out, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, here you go with the kids. So the fact that he wanted to take care of his children is, is beautiful. Absolutely. And I would still, of course, now, you know, with the baby, you know, we would alternate him every couple of days, so to speak, because, you know, you can't be without your baby. And then of course, just making sure we're alternating, you know, therapies he may need, you know, we would just, we just, we just share them so well. So I knew that they were going to be fine. I had to go and worry about me and reestablishing myself and my, Mm -hmm. you know, so let's talk a little bit about that. So tell us, you know, no, this is a powerful story, sis. Um, and honestly, like, you know, I mean, because me, you and I had a talk a little bit afterwards, you know, you were telling me a little bit of your story, but I was just like, man, I mean, just, I don't know, mashallah, just something that exuded like just power and excellence and just reliance on a law that just kind of exuded from you, like far as your energy, like you didn't have low vibration, low energy. I know you, I'm sure you went through it for a minute, but it just, you know, you were just really vibrating at a high frequency. So talk a little bit, a bit about the process first of after leaving the marriage, long-term marriage, children involved, you've been through a lot. What was that like? Well, I actually um, really went through it while I was still in the marriage, mm-hmm. the end of it, I had my go through moments, like I said, towards the end of it, you know, I specifically remember just certain ways that I felt like I was being treated while I was pregnant with my son. Mm-hmm. And that really, and, 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 you know, like I said, that was really part of my emotional crunch, my emotional, um, you know, that's it for me, you know? Um, so I, I, I got a chance to go through it then because when I made my decision, that I was leaving, you know, um, I didn't have to sit to the side anymore and feel like I'm going to cry or I'm going to this, I'm going to that, because I felt like I already done those things. And so the reason why I'm leaving is because I'm done doing those things. You know, I'm done crying. I know me, I know my self-worth, I know my self-esteem. I don't got to share a man with anybody. Right. You know, I choose to do that. 
you know, because there are monogamous men. And I was like, at this point, I'm just going to be about myself right now. I'm going to get into my author skills. I'm going to get back into, you know, working on my new EP. And I'm just going to do Zahra, you know. And uh, so alhamdulillah, you know, Allah just began to open up doorways for me here and there. And I'm just grateful to him for it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. (laughs) So now, so yeah, okay. I know we're, I know we're getting to it, but I'm like, oh, hurry up, no. But <laughs> so one day, you know, it's funny, like it's funny because you know, laws merciful. Um, it's really funny because I never ever had an Instagram account before, and I knew okay. people had this Instagram, and I was just like, you know, well, what is this? Let me just, you know, try this Instagram. So mm-hmm. I ended up getting myself an Instagram account. And, you know, what do you do? You know, you, you post yourself, right? So right. it's funny because um, I just kept seeing this, this. Um, well, let me pause a little bit. Two years before this, two years, two years, Sabria, before this, uh-huh. I, saw uh-huh. a brother that was, um, I saw a brother that was walking down the street, you know, um, going into the master with a couple of brothers. And I, I just happened to glance. And okay. who I'd never seen a brother in the community before. <laughs> I knew I had never seen the brother in the community before. So I just said, who is that? Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that, okay? And then moving forward, here we go, back to Instagram, year and a half later, whatever. And I just happened to post, like I said, some pictures. And then as time went on, you know, I kept seeing the same name that was liking pictures. I never go and click, really click on who, who this is. I don't, I don't have time to do all that. I don't, I don't, I'm not that involved to go see who's this liking, you know, but the name just kept coming. So it was funny because my ex-husband at the time, you know, he was, he was on my page or whatever. And he did make a mention to me and said something like, you know, you need to, you should make your page private if you don't mind me suggesting, because if not, you know, bam, bam, bam. And I'm like, you know, you, you you lost your authority and privilege to even suggest that, Aki. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, you know, I happened to click on this person who kept liking my things. And, you know, and so it was just amazing because I just felt like, oh, okay. I thought the person mm-hmm. was just a unique looking person. You know, I didn't, I don't recall that I ever saw anybody with his uniqueness. And it was just, it just interests me, you know. And when I looked at a, a and, and I looked at a picture or two and said and saw them at the masjid, and I said, "Wow, that's that brother, right?" Wow. Brother doesn't even live in the same state, but I was like, "That's him." And then, lastly, really quick, moving forward, that brother I later found out from that brother, he just happened to be visiting Georgia that mm-hmm. time and um, saw Sister at Ed prayer. With a black lace umbrella, and mm-hmm. he the glance, and he said, "Wow, that sister's bad with that umbrella. Like, like more so, like that's bad that she's got a black lace umbrella, right? Right. A whole year and some change goes by of that sister's me, and that I ended up posting that picture on Instagram. Some kind of way he seen it, and he said, "That's her." <laughs> <laughs> and he, <laughs> right, I know he was like, "That's her." And he just said that he said, if that sister's not married, man, mashallah. Oh, and- <laughs> <was> so cute. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. I know that same time he was walking down the sidewalk 
It was Ramadan. It was like the beginning of Ramadan. And I said, who is that? And then, bam, later seeing me at Ed Prayer 30 days later, like, dang, look at that sister with that umbrella. And then a whole, what, year, two years go by. And then it's like, oh, that's that brother. And it's like, oh, that's that sister with that umbrella. Bam. Girl. Oh my gosh, mashallah. So how did it develop? Like how did it turn into love? I think that I think that um I think he inboxed me and asked me about making dua for him. Mm-hmm. And when I asked him dua for what, he put down dua for Nia. Right. So my mind, I'm like, how do you want somebody to make do off for intention? You know, so I was confused. He was actually tight. It was a typo, I think, because he was nervous. He was trying to put do off for Nika. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've never made the do off because <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. You know, so, um, you know, from there, you know, our conversation just opened up some because I saw that he was um, very, very fluent at Niagara Falls. And, you know, like I said, water's my element. And, you know, um, that that was the, the opening, you know, flow of the conversation. And um, once I saw the dutifulness in the Holy Quran, then it was like, OK, alhamdulillah, who's your Wally brother? I mean, who's your Wally sister? OK, brother, you know, and alhamdulillah, it just went from there. Mashallah. Mashallah. You guys guys look like a beautiful couple too. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. I mean a lot of wonderful because you know I had I had actually went to the Kaaba and I just poured my heart out to Allah for so many things, you know, while I was there. And I'm just so grateful to Allah because he really answered almost everything that I asked for. Mm. And it, just to see the manifestation of it, and I can say, oh, I remember I prayed to Allah at, about this at the Kaaba, you know, alhamdulillah, you know, it just reiterates your faith, your faith in Allah, you know, and your appreciation of, you know, being Muslim. Mm, subhanallah. You know, Zahra, your story is really inspiring because it's it, in a lot of ways. Now, first and foremost, just being able to have the resilience to navigate plural marriages. And, and just because uh, I would think that that would be a little bit of a challenge, just you're not navigating just polygyny, but you're navigating polygyny with multiple different um, sisters. And so just to have resilience and patience through that, to make a decision to that you want something different for yourself, right? And then to actually have be remarried and have a new union and fall in love again. It's just like, I mean, most women, a lot of women don't think it's possible. So I want to just, you know, really tap into some advice at this point of first and foremost, what are some tips that you can provide to women that are first struggling in their polygynous or plural marriages? What are some advice for these women? Oh yeah, subhanAllah. And and I know I know that it's really hard. And my heart really goes out to the sisters who really struggle um in, in polygyny because it's really not an easy thing sometimes, you know, and I have seen sisters um borderline leave the religion because of it. Um so it it really is disheartening. Um I will have to definitely say first and foremost, if the sister can really try to put her mindset to understanding that. Because this man has another wife, she will not die, you know, 
Life can life can still continue to go on. Life can still be healthy. Life can still be happy. You know, it's about what you make it. You know, it's a different. There's a difference if you have a brother who's just really just being raggedy throughout the whole process and not really caring. You know, I can truly say that my ex-husband, he really did try. You know, Mm -hmm. with the best of his ability, he really did try. There were so many times he put my feelings first. He considered Mm -hmm. me first. There were so many times he, you know, invited me into the process. He really tried to be considered to the best of his ability. You know, so I will give him thumbs up in that regard. But when you have these brothers who just do it recklessly, you know, um, it, it really tears down the possibility of the beauty of it. So I do... Uh, feel very uh, sad for the sisters who do go through this and then they don't have any outlet, any support groups, things of that nature. And if they're if they're having low demand, it doesn't make it any better. So I have to really say for those sisters who are really struggling, no matter how much people keep telling the same thing over and over again, if you if we do not keep our relationship and our ties close to a law, you are going to continue to have hardships through it because the shaitan is going to continue to try to whisper to tear it apart. Period. Mm. And then, and once again, I just cannot iterate it, reiterate enough. If you don't have to start off having a relationship with the sister, don't. If you respect your husband, he respects you. Do the things that you need to do, brother. Talk to the sister with the in the proper guidelines of Islam. Brother, make sure you get some STD testing from the sister. You do those two things. Alhamdulillah. Brother, let me remind you, please don't discuss the business of my household. Don't share my business with the sister. I don't have to know her business because, you know, brothers fall short of that. You have a husband telling all your, her your business. And then in, in the event you and her get into a disagreement, she's throwing your business in your face that she shouldn't even know. Mm. You know, so it's very important to. That's why I said if the sisters don't have to start off trying to have a relationship don't trust in a law and trust in your husband, you know, and I would just suggest that if you can seek some type of counseling pre polygyny with your husband, not the new sister, but just your husband, the imam and yourself so that your husband is aware of what his goals are, what his true intention is. Inshallah. Why not? Why not try that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Right. And then for women that are at a point where they know um, the marriage is no longer serving them, um, they've maybe been violated, disrespected, not valued, etc. Um, so they have very violent reasons for feeling this way, but they feel very fearful um, of t- making the move to mm-hmm. get out of the marriage or take that step. What is some advice for women at that place? Well, first of all, let me let me say one of my favorite quotes. Okay, you have to learn to leave the table when love is no longer being served. Mm, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <I> love that. <laughs> yep. Right. Okay. And secondly, I think I I feared more staying in the marriage. Okay. I feared more staying in the marriage because we already sometimes can lose ourselves to our spouses, even if we're in monogamy. You know, we do get kind of caught up in our daily routine of taking care of the husband, taking care of the children, taking care of the household, bam, bam, bam. Sometimes you do lose yourself. You know how many of us wait tonight? We get our bath. We get to relax. We get to exhale because now we're getting our self time in. This happens a lot when there's another wife involved because the sister's trying to, the first wife may be trying to play catch up or keep up in the event she's feeling inferior. So she's losing herself because now it's like, 
Not only am I trying to save the apple of his eye, I'm trying to also find out about what's going on with her, you know, so you lose yourself. Mm-hmm. So yes, there is that fear at that point. I can't leave. I've been here. What am I going to do? It's about wanting to find yourself again. Know that that true self it does exist again. And if you put your trust in a law and be specific to a law in your dua, see, we're not, people don't, sometimes they're not trying to be specific to a law in their dua. You know, you know that your Lord is alcoholic, the creator. Okay. Alhamdulillah. That's my favorite attribute. A lot of because he's going to open up doorways where you can't even see. So you can ask a lot of Alpha open up a doorway for me to leave this marriage because it's not a body bad anymore. You know, mm-hmm. emotionally, I'm feeling oppressive, Ya Allah, whatever, you know, whatever your situation may be. Turn to your Lord and then make your plan, make your intention, make your plan, and then put action behind the plan. Look, see, you can do it. And I'm not encouraging divorce. That's not right. what is here, you know? Right. Okay. But once again, you have to learn to leave the table when love is no longer being served. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess that the last piece of advice would be, um, I guess, having the strength to love again. Like um, some women, it's not even that they can't find a brother. It's the mindset that's kind of holding them back <laughs> from finding the brother once they're, you know, divorced or out of the marriage. Um, so can you give some advice about just women being open to new love and new opportunities and new blessings from Allah? Alhamdulillah. You know, Sabria, oh, oh, so many times I see sisters that are just like posting that they're looking for a husband, looking for a husband. And so many sisters saying that they can't find one. And it saddens me because, you know, never in my mind, you know, would I ever say I, I can't find a husband. You know, I would never think that I, I just would never think that I couldn't find a husband because a law is in control. And I just put my trust in, I, I just would put my trust in a law, you know? And then of course you're going to, you know, you got to be, you have a little bit more about it of an attitude about yourself, a dope Muslim woman attitude. Like, you know, right, there you go. <laughs> you know, so when I, unfortunately, when I hear my sisters really out here looking and really thinking that they can't find one. I, you know, I'm here to let you know, yes, you can. You most absolutely can, you know, and and I actually think that utilize the time that Allah has um, given, you know, specify where du'as are most answered. Okay. Um, if, if you're, if you're seeking a mate and, I, you know, be specific in what you're seeking in your mate. I remember one time I, I was being specific when I was writing down, well, I'm going to let the brother be this, let the brother be that, let the brother be this. This is years ago. Mm. And I never put down that the brother be generous. Okay. You know, and that was my first marriage. That's probably 22 or something, you know, right, I, right. Never put down, I never asked a lot to make this brother gen- generous in his money or, you know, so a couple things like that I didn't put down. And so you have to be specific to a lot and your do and what you want. At the same time, a sister may not be ready to be married again. And she doesn't know that, but a law does. So in the meantime, I really would suggest that, you know, um, take all the things that you learned from your past relationship and try to see if there are any changes that you can make within yourself that you knew existed during that relationship. Um, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Mm. Right. 
Make sure mm-hmm. that you feel like you have healed with some, you know, therapy, you know, for whatever you need before you move forward with the new relationship. Because if not, you're going to take that right into that. And if Alon knows what you don't know, because he's Al Alim, then maybe he feels like at this time, a new marriage may not be good for that sister. So I don't think that it's ever, mm-hmm. I can't find a husband. You know, mm-hmm. what are you going to do with yourself in the meantime? Why are you waiting for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send you another one? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it definitely starts with the mindset. I like how you said that. Like, you know, how can you expect um that Allah's gonna bless you with something you don't even think you you deserve it or you should have it? So I get I get that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Zahra, this has been really, really insightful. I do have one little like I just have a question because I feel like, you know, you've seen both sides. You have, you know, your husband now, you've been in you know, had a husband prior. So Okay. There was a statement said, and I just want to get your opinion about, you know, just men not really being monogamous in general. Like it's just, you know, just weren't created that way. What is your opinion on that? Do you think men, um, all men struggle with monogamy? Um, You know what? At at one point in time, I questioned that. At at Mm -hmm. one point in time, I questioned that. Um, Present day, I, I don't question that anymore because you know, I've, I've really had a deep conversation with my current husband, you know, and I just appreciate his perspectives. Um, he's very um, comfortable and sound in having one wife, you know, because all aspects of love and life can be fulfilled with one wife, you know. Um, and then also him being strong enough of a man to recognize the deep responsibilities, not financially, but the deeper responsibilities that go with having more than one. And he would never want to endanger, uh, you know, um, so many aspects of, of a woman's life, emotionally, physically, spiritually, you know, all of that for the sake of he has two, you know, so he just really you know, listening to another man say that, you know, all aspects of love and life can really be fulfilled with one wife. You know how many lives is a beautiful thing to hear. Right. That's right. a joke for some woman. Girl, better claim it. That <laughs> 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 mashallah, like honestly, this was so <laughs> such a good conversation. It was so honest and raw. I think it definitely is gonna be one of the top favorites because mashallah, you were really um, just, just very, very honest. We appreciate your honesty and you did it in a way that was just very still honoring and respectful of all other parties. So I just really appreciate the way you navigated this conversation. Alhamdulillah. I hope so. Inshallah. Yeah. No, you did. Mashallah. So thank you so much, Zahra. I want you to, before we wrap up this conversation, do you have, I know you say you have some upcoming things, your inshallah upcoming author. Can you just drop some information about yourself for the listeners that may want to kind of keep up with what you're doing? Alhamdulillah. Thank you, sister. Um, some people who do know me, they know that I have been known to do Nasheed um, songs and, you know, have been asking for a long time for new material. And I have been working on some new material. Alhamdulillah, you know, you can't rust beautiful artistry, you know, right. I write based on experiences, you know, so that other people can feel those same experiences. Um, but another thing that, uh, Alhamdulillah, another talent of mine that Allah has allowed me to, to, to hone in on is not just author of songwriting, but I have been writing a, a wonderful book. Um, and it is called um, In Sickness and in Health, My Journey with Plural Marriage. Okay. Very, very grateful to Allah for it because I already have a couple of um, Islamic publishing companies, um, Alhamdulillah, you know, 
interested. And mm-hmm. yeah, so in sickness and in health, my journey with plural marriage, that is my new project. That's be good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really a beautiful book. And I just, I'm grateful to Alana. and I hope that it become motivational help for my mm-hmm. sisters, you know, and we're going to, we're going to discuss what it is to be sick in polygyny. And we're going to discuss what it is to be healthy. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you drop your um Instagram or if sisters want to follow you just okay. so that did you drop that? Around? Okay. Thank you for that. Yes. It's right now. Zahra, Z-A-H-R-A underscore means underscore flower. Mm, okay, there you go. And I'm going to drop it as well underneath the description. If you guys want to go and click, make sure you follow this sister because you definitely don't want to miss when this book drops. If you feel like, you know, I'm telling you, you definitely want to make sure that you keep up with that. But Zahra, thank you again. Thank you for honoring us. Thank you for being a guest on the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. We appreciate you. We honor you. Thank you so much. Yes, and may Allah reward you, Sabria, for what you're doing. This is wonderful. And I thank you as well. <laughs> I mean, and to all the listeners, thank you so much for catching up with another episode of the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. This is one of these conversations that we will love to continue the conversation with. So remember to drop us feedback. Um, the guests, you guys do it in a variety of ways under the post. You send me inboxes, you send me text messages, all of that. I like to share with the actual guests. So please continue to do that. This is Sabria Mills, your host. Thank you again for tuning in. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.